The opinions of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate, any realtor associations, persons, or entities. If your property is currently listed with a real estate broker, please note that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Welcome to this episode of Hunting Home with Blake Hunter. Blake is a realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Ambassador Real Estate, offices in Council Bluffs and Omaha. Blake, thank you very much for joining us in studio today. And uh, you didn't just bring a guest, you brought a very special guest. Yeah, you know, people always say when they win an award or something, they're like, I wouldn't be here without this person. Well, I literally would not be here without <laughs> this person because it's my mother, um, Shelly Crone. She's in the studio today to talk a little bit about her experience with getting into real estate investing. How did it begin? Uh, well, Shelly, let me just ask you, how did it begin when, when you approached uh, Blake knowing that he's your son, but also now he's going to be representing you in a real estate transaction? Was it a difficult thing to reconcile for you? It wasn't really. It was. I was really excited when he got into real estate because this is something that I've been interested in for a long time, and um, and then when and when Blake got into real estate, I'm like, great. Now I have a, an agent. I have somebody that I can trust. Um, I know that he's going to have my best interest, like he does all of his clients. And so you know, it was a win, win, win. How did how about on your side, Blake? Anything strange? Uh, doing that uh, type of process and type of transaction with somebody. I mean, it's not just family. It's the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, um, what's kind of interesting is we've actually, before uh, my mom bought some of the investment properties she has, um, we did sell, we've sold two homes now as mm-hmm. as her primary residences and, and bought one. Um, so we've had some, we've had some transactions. We've had a little bit of experience. I know, you know, kind of what she's looking for. And then especially like, you know, one of the things I want to talk about was the risk tolerance that's involved with buying and selling real estate. And I know I, you know, was already well aware of what my mom's risk tolerance was. So it did help kind of our process along and it, it helps weed out the properties that I knew that she would have no interest in, you know, before ever stepping foot in them. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that, uh, that risk tolerance that you mentioned. How do you go about identifying that and where that's at? Well, I think it all starts with your client um, and knowing, in knowing what you know, they feel is risky or not. Um, and then it, it, from knowing that from your client, then it moves to the property and understanding that the cheapest property is not always the best buy. Um, you might spend the least amount of money up front. But chances are you're going to spend more money on it with maintenance and then leading into another very important topic is with the tenant. Um, You know, the tenant is like the crucial part of this whole thing that makes the world go around that I don't think a lot of people that are just getting into this realize. Um, And that's, you know, for my mom not being in this industry and and even myself, you know, doing this more and more, you really understand how important it is to have not only the good property that's that is not going to be just a money pit um, but also having the tenant and verifying that tenant to make sure that you're going to get paid every month and they're not going to destroy your asset how was that process for you Shelley was it a difficult thing finding the right tenants or did you have a, a process in place to handle it I had a process in place um, and I would say but what I've learned along the way is 
you know, when I started this, I would say I had a low risk tolerance and I'm generally conservative financially overall. Um, but as I have invested, as I have learned more, I would say I've, I've moved maybe to the, the medium category and, and, and Blake can uh, add to that if he feels like that's different. Um, but all of that, it, you know, is taking all of that into account, not just like what Blake said, not just the property, but how am I going to manage that? How am I going to manage the tenants um, in all of that and, and that risk around that? So it's a it's a learning process um, to do that, but it's gone well. There's a lot of moving parts as well, I would think, that, I mean, who's going to do the maintenance? Mm -hmm. Who's going to, do, are you going to manage it yourself or is it is that going to be uh, farmed out to another company? All of these different things have to, factor in and then you have to hope that nothing major goes wrong that just eats up an entire year's mm -hmm. worth of, of rent payments. Yeah. And I think that all those things can change, you know, just like she was saying about risk tolerances, all those things change. I think with the more you do it, the more properties you have that there's not as much risk, you know, tied to that one property, you can kind of spread things out. The more you're familiar with the process, familiar with finding tenants, it's actually, it's a volume thing. And I think that the more volume you can get, the more doors that you can get under your belt um, in a weird way, the easier that it gets. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's there's more to it, but if you can get some, you get a few under your belt, the first one's always the scariest because you just don't know what to expect. And even myself investing, you get one under your belt, the next one's that much easier um, and it's just you kind of refine your process of the whole thing um, as you go. Shelly, are these individual homes that you purchased or are they multi-unit? They're multi-unit of what I have right now. Um, but there is some, I'll call it economies of scale of, of what you learn as you invest. You're learning, but how can you you know manage these along the way? And I think the other important thing is as you're looking at purchasing these properties, whatever property is thinking about beyond that purchase price and okay here's how much it's going to cost you know i'm going to get this much equity out of it um, but what does it mean longer term how am i going to manage it am i going to pay somebody to manage it how much time is it going to take um, not just the management of the property but the management of the tenant um, all of those things are time and money and time is money and so if you're treating this truly as a business and an investment, you have to think about all those things up front before you, you know, before you close that deal so that you really are getting a good return on investment down the road. How do you balance the cash flow, which obviously will be coming in from uh, rent payments versus the return on investment you're talking about with just the increase in property value and things like that. Where's that balance at? Which does one have more importance than the other? I guess I'm asking. Well, I think that depends on who your investor is, you know, who your client is. Are they looking for something that they're going to, is their priority cash flow every month? Um, I think that's probably, that's a hard priority to meet all the time. Um, but you know, that's the great thing about real estate. That's the great thing about investing in real estate is that there's more than just that monthly cash flow. You know, you have the equity that you're building through time, um, not only just based off the market, but also off that tenant paying down your mortgage. Um, you have the tax benefits that are involved. Um, so there's multiple benefits of it. It's it's to me what I find when I'm when I'm dealing with customers and clients is that 
they understand those things for the most part. What they don't understand is you either have the people that think I'll never buy a rental property because I'm not going to be the guy uh, getting a call at two o'clock in the morning when the water heater goes out. Or you have the people that think that there's, you just buy a house and you put somebody in it and you cash flow a couple hundred bucks a month and it's paying down the mortgage. And then one day you're going to be a millionaire on in real estate. <laughs> I swear it's either one or the two. And so that's part of my job is trying to educate and just and, and learn what people, where they're coming from, what they think real estate investing is, and then try to make that a reality uh, versus their expectations. I'm thinking about uh, the difficulty in dealing with, let's say, a first-time investor, but taking it a step further, I would guess that there's probably some difficulty in dealing with a second-time investor, meaning they have they purchased one, so now they're in it, and maybe they think that things always work this way of however it went, but there's a lot of different variables of what can happen. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can attest to that myself. Um, the first property that I bought inherited some great tenants. There's no issues. I mean, there has been very little issues. And that property also has an HOA, and so there's no very little maintenance involved for me as an owner. The next property I bought, um, just a single family home, a little bit different story. Luckily, have great tenants in there. Same same story with them, but there's other things that you have to take care of as far as the yard, the exterior of the home. I had an insurance claim on it, you know, as far as a roof and siding. There's just more involved, and so that's another aspect that you. That another thing you need to talk to your client about is what kind of property are you looking at. Do you want something that has an HOA, like a condo, where your risk is actually much less um, as far as the exposure to the outside, but you have a neighbor above you, and if their toilet leaks, then now you have a problem in your unit. There's just different things that you have to weigh out, and it's. I think what people have to realize is there's always going to be challenges. That's one thing you have to accept when you're going to invest is this isn't the stock market where you just dump money in it, and then what happens happens. This is something that you do have a little bit of control over, and it's a tangible asset. So you can do things with it. You can change it. Um, and that's why I like it because I like the control, and I like being able to drive by something and see it and know that I have ownership there. And I think that's exactly <laughs> where my mom was coming from when going to invest in real estate was just to diversify um, and have a plan for retirement outside of the normal things that people do, you know, day in and day out. How far back does this go, Shelley? When, how far back did you first uh, become a real estate investor? It's been three years. Is I there think. any trepidations now? I mean, are you happy with the decision you made three years ago? I'm extremely happy, and I wish that I would have done it sooner. Well, I can see that as you're learning and when you got, well, obviously, when, when, when you have a son and, a, and an agent like Blake that uh, knows that even if Blake doesn't have the answer, he knows where to go to find it. So, uh, and there's so many different moving parts depending on what type of property that it is. And, and you kind of brought up a little bit of like saying have an up, upstairs neighbor, but even down to from one individual house to another individual house, they may have different things going on that maybe you weren't aware of that maybe the water comes down the street and ends up in the yard heading towards a house or anything like this that you are going yeah. to be liable for that you wouldn't be if you were on the other side and just renting. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having some um, personal experience uh, with investing has helped me be a better agent. 
um, because I can, I can, I understand the pain sometimes of what, you know, people are going through as far as like, uh, the financial, uh, risk that you're taking. Um, and then the dealing with tenants and, you know, those types of things, you know, my messages to people that I, I just deal with so many people that are like, they always say, I want to buy a rental property. It's not that hard to do. Um, and if you, if you set your mind to it, I have a lot of people that have said that for year after year after year. And I think they're just scared to jump that one hurdle to get there. And if you just do one, mm-hmm. it'll really open you up, I think, to doing more. And so that's, you know, that's why I wanted to bring my mom on here today, because I think that she felt the same mm-hmm. way three years ago, getting that first one. And then the second one became that much easier. And now we've had a lot of discussions about the next. So it, it does get a little it, bit easier. It does get easier. And that goes back to that risk tolerance and education and wishing I had done it sooner mm-hmm. um, and knowing what I know now. Yeah, take take the first step, uh, do your homework, mm-hmm. and, and then continue to build on there. Is it getting more difficult to find properties to invest in now? I, I remember five, six years ago, it seemed like there was a lot more properties that were in a certain price range that just aren't around anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think that it certainly is. I think that what people lose track of a little bit is that, you know, in people's mind, they think that that investment property, especially for that first time person is probably under a hundred thousand. Um, and that's one issue that I'm, that I'm working with some people. It's like they, they see that 120,000 or $130,000 property. It's like, well, that's a little more than we wanted to spend, um, for our first investment property. But I think what people forget is that the rent has followed that. So now that property that was maybe $90,000 four or five years ago, that was getting $700 a month in rent. Well, now it's $120,000 and it's maybe getting eleven dollars or $1,200 a month in rent. And so I think that's, that's what it goes back to is just doing your homework, running the numbers. Does it, will my rent, my vacancy, the, all those things go together, will that cover my cost? And I'm more of the philosophy of if it can cover your cost and if you can make a little money, you know, to cover any additional expenses over the year, you're in a great position. It's pretty hard to cash flow a, a substantial amount of money month over month. That's not really the game of it, long-term investing. It's more of building that equity, paying those mortgages down, and a lo- it's a long-term investment. All right, let's pretend that I am a first-time investor and I'm coming to you and I'm saying, all right, I want to get into this game. I have this amount of money to spend. How do you start that conversation with me to make sure that I'm on the right footing, that we both are moving forward with the mo- as most knowledge as we can? Um, I would. I think it's just starting with questions, really, and asking, asking that person, what do you, what, what are your expectations? Um, are, do you, you know, what is your what is the time and effort commitment that you're willing to make? Um, is this something that you want to be heavily involved in? Or is this something that you just want to do and maybe hire a property manager to get a better feel for, like I said, what their expectation is and then how, what their long-term goal is, you know, because most people, if they're going to buy one, they want to buy more. Um, so let's, let's start building. It's more of a, like I said, I want to have a long-term relationship with that person because I don't want to just do the one sale, um, your first rental property. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep building them because, like I said, it'll get easier and easier. And once I understand 
the needs of the client and what their risk tolerance is, it makes that relationship that much easier and it's easier for me to find what they're looking for. Let me find my checkbook. I think I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Blake, thank you very much for some great information here. I think that everyone has kind of, in, in my mind anyway, things have shifted a little bit and people are looking for opportunities and ways to supplement their income that they have going on now, mm-hmm. ways to take more control over their retirement, uh, getting it out of somebody else's hands and into their own. And this sounds like uh, an excellent thing to really study and take a look at. Yeah, for sure. So I was going to ask my mom because I think these were some of her concern, concerns when we got started. And it's a lot of people's concerns is, do you think that you spend more time and effort now? Or was your thought of it, you thought you were going to have to spend a lot more? I thought that I was going to spend a lot more. And it was honestly probably one of the things that, besides just the financial piece of it, held me back, thinking that I was going to have to spend a lot of time in addition to working a full-time job and doing all those things. And I and I considered that as I looked at those properties, but it hasn't been um, that time commitment mm-hmm. um, that I thought. So that's so that's been good, and that makes me want to know. Okay, I can continue forward, and how can I leverage this for the next property and the next property? Yeah, what I would say too, you know, on that is, it you could have spent a lot more time and effort if you would have bought properties that required more time and effort. Absolutely. But we were very careful about what you bought. And then, you know, then you were very careful about who your tenant was. Um, So that, like I said, it does Mm -hmm. all kind of play together. Um, It's not just the property. It's the property and the tenant and kind of knowing what your expectations are at the beginning. For you, you know, having other options as far as retirement goes, what was appealing to you? And it's always been appealing to you. Like you've said, you wanted to get into real estate Mm -hmm. sooner. What was appealing to you about it? It was the the general interest to being able to diversify the portfolio. You know, we're all familiar with the standard uh, 401k and savings and hopefully Social Security. Um, This was another avenue um, that was interesting and can balance a difference between, you know, some short term, long term, some cash flow balanced with long term equity and doing that. And, you know, the other thing with it, uh, kind of on the other side, maybe non-financial is I like the idea of I can invest in something and I know that I am giving somebody a good, decent, safe, clean place to live. Like that's fulfilling. So it kind of fills both buckets for me. And that's um, what continues to drive me forward and have interest in it. Uh, you might be alone on that one with most investors, I, but <laughs> I, I probably, yeah, I could be, but that's, but that's good. Yeah. I didn't, I honestly, I mean, I know that you feel that way, but I didn't even consider that when asking you today. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate the information and I learned a lot from, from this particular episode. This is, uh, you took a lot of myths out of my own head. I was trying to convince my own mother to get into this uh, a while back, and she never did. And now that I'm listening to you, I'm glad she didn't. I was wrong to be pushing her towards that because these things that you're talking about wasn't concerns of hers. It she was she's very conservative, but even more so, I think, with her money. And it just it it wouldn't have made sense uh, for her to be able to do that. So thank you very much for all this information. Yeah, and that's a really good point, Todd. Is that 
I also don't want to make this out that it is for everyone because it's not. Um, like I said, if you're not if you're not willing to spend a little time, um, and you don't have the financial capability to do it, it is not for everybody. But I think it's a really good option for people to consider when they are considering in investing in something. Get a hold of Blake. He is Blake Hunter, Realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Ambassador Real Estate Offices in Council Bluffs and Omaha. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Shelley, for your time today. We appreciate it. And we also thank you for listening to this episode of Hunting Home. New episodes are released each week. So until next time, take care. <laughs>